Exodus, the fourth chapter. It's my great honor to be able to minister to you today. Uh, actually, this will be the first Sunday I got, I've been able to preach in the new building. And I'm excited about it. Today, I want to do my very best to minister to your heart. Uh, I realize this is a holiday weekend. I realize that many of you have plans immediately after service. and uh, Some of you are having weekend getaways. And uh, I promise you I won't be long today. I'm never very long. I'll stick to my 20, 25 minutes. But I really would like to encourage you to preach with me today. And I like to say that. And some people might say, what does that mean? You're preaching. What do I have to do? There's a give and a take. I would that you'd open your heart today to hear what God has given me. Once again, Exodus, the fourth chapter and the first verse. Thank you, sir. And Moses answered and said, But hold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, cast it on the ground, and he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it, and the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, and the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. For a few moments today, I want to preach to you on this thought. What is in your hand. What is in your hand? You may be seated this morning. You may have noticed my staff. I had a few people ask me this morning why I didn't take the barcode off. And so for just the sake of today, just imagine this barcode's not here. I have every intent of returning this on Tuesday. <laughs> There's just some things you just don't need. And uh, though it makes a great sermon, now I guess I could use it on my kids. But... Uh, so uh, just ignore the barcode on that today. But maybe you know, you uh, noticed my, my staff today, just a simple piece of wood, just a uh, simple object, elementary, common to every shepherd. Anybody know what a shepherd's crook is, a shepherd's hook? Basically just a long stick with a hook on it. That's what it is. Maybe carved out of a uh, limb that fell on the ground, maybe they made it out of some ornate piece of wood. It doesn't matter. It's just a piece of wood with a hook on the end. Really, all it really is. It was used to herd the sheep. It was used to guide the sheep and see if the sheep would get out of the way or get in out of the herd. It would grab it by its neck, pull them back in, or maybe jab them, I don't know, maybe jab them in the side a little bit, get them to go where they need to go. It, it was a tool. It was uh, a way of organizing his herd, and maybe the rod was... Used, I tell you what, this past two days, just playing with this thing, I, I noticed that it really helps to walk with it. <laughs> I just feel kind of more stable. <laughs> I would think that maybe the shepherd used it to steady himself, maybe on uneven terrain, maybe when walking over rocks and uneven ground. And the shepherd rod could even, as my son found out, can be used as a weapon. He, <laughs> That's what he did as soon as he grabbed it at the house banged about four different walls and hit his sister. And it can be used as a weapon as well. It's to guard against maybe an attack of a wolf or a lion. In Scripture, we read of David killing a lion and a bear to rescue a sheep. Now, 
Now, the Bible doesn't specifically tell us what was used to kill those animals, but it could be speculated, since he was a shepherd and since, uh, since he was tending his flock, that I'm sure he had a, a rod of some kind, a stick, so maybe he used that. You can even read in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, where David had his stick or his rod in his hand as he, as he picked out those five sling stones from the brook right before he faced Goliath. And uh, the, you can look throughout Scripture and find many uses of the rod and many uses of the staff. This, the role of the shepherd did not require a large spectrum of tools. He didn't need a lot of equipment. When I did window cleaning, if you don't know, Matt does window cleaning. I used to do that, high-rise, just hang off buildings. We'd have our bosun's chair. We'd have our safety line. We'd have our hanging line. You'd have your, your rack. You'd have your bucket. You'd, have, you'd be loaded down with equipment. Don't need that as a shepherd. All you really need is your rod and, for me, a sack lunch. That's all you really needed to be, in my opinion, a shepherd, I'm sure, knowledge. And in my mind, I can imagine Moses holding his rod. There had to be some warm spots on that rod from years of, of use, walking every day, guiding his sheep, walking every day, and maybe prodding his sheep, but there had to be some smooth spots. For so many years, those rough hands had held day after day. And, you know, I'm sure Moses had to fight off some attacks, and who knows, maybe he had to use uh, his his uh, hook, his rod, if you will. And he definitely used it to keep his sheep in order and together. And perhaps he was so accustomed to it that it almost seemed to be a part of his person. It was just something he had. You know, after two years of wearing this eye watch every day, I felt awkward without it. I took it off to baptize Riley and I came back and I thought, man, something's off. Something's weird. I realized I didn't have my watch on. I forgot my ring a few weeks ago. I've had a ring on my finger for nine years now. When I don't have my ring, I feel weird. I feel off. They had to feel that way for Moses. He had a rod every day in his hand. It was a part of his person. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. Every day he would wake up and before he would leave his tent, he would grab his rod. And You see, there were some things maybe he left behind, but he did not dare to leave behind what was always in his hand, the rod. The rod could never be left. The rod could never be forgotten. The rod could never be misplaced. It was too important. Are you with me today? Now, it's, it's a known fact that Moses was not articulate. He was not eloquent. He had a speech impediment. This was not a man that would stand up and you would think, wow, man, he's an awesome public speaker. The book, uh, the Bible tells us, Exodus 4.10, that he says, Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. In Scripture, we read of Moses uh, talking to Pharaoh. It was most likely his brother Aaron talking for him. Neither was he an object of affection by the people of Israel. He was, in reality, a nobody, just a shepherd from the desert. Israelites didn't like him because he was the prince of Egypt. The Egyptians despised him because he killed one of their own. He left in the dark of night a murderer fleeing to the wilderness of Midian. He fled to the wilderness with nothing. He fled 
to the wilderness in shame. But I want to tell you today, mighty things can happen in the wilderness. No one, in my opinion, no one ever goes out to minister until they have been to the wilderness. Because it's in the wilderness we realize God's unconditional love for us. And it's in the wilderness that we truly comprehend His provision. And it's in the wilderness that I feel that we have the most profound spiritual growth. And we know that Moses spent 40 years of preparation for the work of God that he would give him. And and it was there in that barren wasteland that it is supposed that Moses wrote the book of Genesis and the book of Job. And we read the scripture when John the Baptist came and when he arrived on the scene in Mark 1, 3, he said, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. He was clothed with camel's hair, girded with a skin around his waist, eating locusts and wild honey, fresh from the wilderness with a fresh anointing from the Lord. John spoke again in the book of Mark 1 and 7. He said, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of those of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. You see, before every ministry, there has to be a wilderness experience. Even before the ministry of Jesus, he began to uh, he had to visit the wilderness. Matthew 4 and 1, it was then Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He was led there by the Spirit, and the work and the ministry of Jesus Christ was one in the wilderness. It is for us today. I pray they hear the words that I'm speaking to you. It is for us today. It is the brokenness and in the solitude of the wilderness, God speaks to us. I want to encourage somebody right now to the sound of my voice that seems to be in the wilderness in your life. You seem to be in a desert place and you don't know which direction to go. You're just trying to follow after God. Listen to me. God has you right where he wants you. You may look at your desert as a place of depression. You may look at your desert as a place of hopelessness, but God says, I'm shaping you and I'm molding you into what I want you to be. God has you right where he wants you. Moses said, they they won't believe me. They won't listen to me. And God said, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? It was only... A simple shepherd's staff, but it was that, it was that that just that God wanted. He just wanted what was in his hand. It became the visible symbol of the power of an invisible God. I hope I'm making sense today. Exodus, the fourth chapter and the twenty verse talks about Moses. He says he took his wives and his sons and set them upon a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God. In his hand. Now, notice it no longer said his staff. It no longer said the rod. But now, all of a sudden, it's not just Moses' staff. It is now the rod of God. The rod that was once used for hurting sheep is now used for God's glory. That old rod that was once used to help steady him while walking is now used for God's glory. That, that simple rod that he used every day. That was just a basic tool for a shepherd, maybe a basic weapon, 
is now used for God's glory. God has always used simple, ordinary objects to present His power. It was just a simple slingshot with five smooth stones that David used to kill the giant. Samson used a jawbone from a donkey and killed a thousand men. It was just a little boy with five barley loaves and two small fish and it fed 5,000 men and had multiple baskets left over. The little girl in Naaman's house was told a simple story of one who could heal. What am I trying to say? Why am I going through all this? I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter what you start with. It is enough to start with God. You might think your life isn't worth much. You might think you're no more worth than this uh, simple piece of wood. But God says, all I want is what is in your hand. Saying of God, listen to me. It doesn't matter how much you've sinned. It doesn't matter how far you've fallen. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter what you think you are, what you're capable of. God says, I love you. I see what you can be. All I want you to do is give me what's in your hand. doesn't matter what's in your hand. Just give it to Him. God does not expect us to do anything which is beyond our ability or capacity. You know, we constantly compare ourselves with others. I, I did it my whole life. I'm not as good as preacher as this other person. I, I'm not as good as person as this other person. I can't sing as well as... Elijah. I can't. That's a fact. Ah, we compare ourselves. My personality is not outgoing enough. We, if we don't compare, then we doubt ourselves. I, I'm not strong enough to be what God wants me to be. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. And the list goes on and on and on. Listen to me today. I pray you hear the words that I'm speaking to you. There has never been a person called to a divine ministry without the anointing of the Spirit to accomplish what He has been called to do. God is not going to call you to do something and not enable you to complete it. He will never, maybe you've heard this before, He will never require more from you than you're able to do. All He wants is what is in your hand. All He desires is what you have available. Have you noticed He always uses the, the weak to lead the strong? You notice He always uses the flawed to reach the masses? Don't think for a moment, and I don't want to see if you don't, that just because I stand up here today and minister the Word of God that I'm perfect. I could give you a laundry list of mistakes and flaws that I have that in my opinion need to be unworthy to be used. Being transparent today. But God says, I don't care about where you've been. And I don't care about what you've done in the past. Just give me what is in your hand. Who is best? Who best to reach the lost than someone who has been lost? Who best to minister to hurting hearts than those who have experienced hurt? Who best to encourage the downtrodden than those who have been in the pit of despair? Saint of God, hear me today. Whatever you have, whatever you can do, whatever you have to offer, He just wants that. 
I truly believe that some of us sit back and we look at some talented people and thank God for you know, our wonderful musicians and wonderful singers and we have a wonderful ministry staff. I think some people sit back and think, I could never live up to that. I could never do that. Well, guess what? God doesn't expect you to do that. God just expects you to do what you can. We need to stop comparing ourselves to one another and just allow God to use what we're able to do. Whatever you have, whatever you can do, whatever you have to offer, it just wants to. You know, before a concert can start, the very first thing they must do as musicians is tune up. Some of you might not believe this because I'm so cool, but I was in, I was in band in uh, <laughs> middle school and high school. I was in jazz band, concert band, marching band, orchestra. I even played for the show choir. I was a band nerd. And it doesn't matter whether it was in a concert, whether it was for a jazz band, playing a gig somewhere, whether it was in a marching band outside on the field. Before we did any performance, we tuned our instruments. Everybody would get in sections of the saxophone, the trumpets, and uh, even the percussion at all, and we'd, we'd all tune to each other. Then all of a sudden the band would come together, and we would tune together. You see, each person before the, the concert was playing only to themselves. Individually, they are... They're wonderful musicians, they're, they're talented musicians, but their sound was not a symphony. But the conductor or the director comes on the stage and he brings them together, stands at that podium or stands in front of them and he gives them the beat. And all of a sudden everything changes. Not, now they're not just individual musicians, they're a band. They're, they're a symphony. The real meaning of music is presented forth, and the intention of the composer is revealed. Let me tell you today, it's like that in our church. We have all been given special abilities. We have all been given wonderful gifts, and individually we are awesome. We sound great, but when we come together in the house of God and we're unified in purpose, that's when God can really use us. And when we offer ourselves, I hope this is making sense today, when we offer ourselves up to God, that's when He can conduct us. That's when He can lead us. That's when He can move us. And all of a sudden we see a shaping and a molding. And all of a sudden everything starts becoming in tune. And we see a mighty outpouring of God's presence. Only when we give up to God. Only when we open up our hands. And say, here I am, God. This is what I have to offer. This is what I have to give. Musicians can come at this time. I'm going to be closing in the next few minutes. One final scripture I want to read to you today. Ephesians, the fourth chapter and the 11th verse. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints and the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ until we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man into the measure of the statue of the fullness of God. That we be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine and the slight of men, cunning and craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head of even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly framed together and compacted by which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working 
in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. I ask you today, sincerely I ask you, still this morning I guess, what has He given you? What is in your hand? What has He given you? Maybe it's speech, maybe it's teaching, maybe it's service, maybe you're musically talented, maybe you're just a natural born leader. All He is asking for today is what is in your hands. You may think it's just a simple staff. You may think it's just nothing but a waste of time. But God says, no, I'm going to use that for my glory. No, I'm going to use that to reach the loss. No, I'm going to use that to grow my kingdom. And all of a sudden, that simple staff becomes the rod of God. What do you have in your hand today? You know why? Would you stand with me right now? You know why we don't give what him, what God really wants? You know why at times we don't give him what's in our hand? It's, it's my opinion today that there's one main reason. We don't give him what's in our hands because we're afraid. Afraid of what someone will say. Maybe afraid of what will happen. Maybe we're afraid that we will fail. Afraid that we may succeed and have to leave everything behind. And I tell you today, we learn from failure. I would not be here today if it wasn't for my mistakes. I would not be standing here today if it wasn't for my failures. God has used my failures and my mistakes to make me a better man. To make me a better Christian. I dare you to begin. I dare you to fail. I dare you to get up and try again every time you stumble and fall. I dare you every time you think you're not good enough to say, you know what, God, I don't get it. I don't understand how. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I give it to you. I don't understand how you can use this person of flaws. I don't understand how you can use this person that continually makes mistakes and falls, but God says, just give me what's in your hands. You know what amazes me? Is not only did God use what was in it, God empowered what was there. That same rod that He used to herd the sheep and that same rod that He used to guide that flock is the same rod that turned into a serpent. It's that same rod that turned the, the Nile River to blood is that same rod that caused hail come from the sky, the same rod that caused the Red Sea to part. If you'll give it to God, He will use it. And He'll always give you the ability and the capacity to perform your ministry. Would you just close your eyes with me and start praying all over this place? I hope this was for somebody today. God has already given you the power to overcome every battle in your life. He has given you the tools and the abilities. We just need the faith to open up our hands and allow God to use us. Oh, I pray today, sin of God, you don't wait any longer. It's time to do what you can do. It's time to give the Lord what is in your hand. It's time to stop waiting. It's time to lift up your hands and say, you know what, God? I don't really understand, but I know that you are the God 
of all gods. I know that you are the king of all kings. And I understand that if I just give me myself to you, you will use me. They're going to sing as they do. These altars will be open today. I hope I'm going to find a place and allow God to work in your life.